0: thankful for the reasons. It's the best part of the fall. The crossover of seasons, football and basketball. So grab yourself a pumpkin brew or beverage of your choice. All the best smelled in wildcats. Boys, because I love you, boneheads, baby. We're on a podcast. We go, boys, because I love you, boneheads, baby. Thank you. Thank you very much. Giving. Boom, boom, boom. The boys are back. The boys are back. And boy, is this a. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> Bill Snyder Family Stadium is an absolute fortress. 40 plus points every game, blowouts every game. I uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of sucks the uh, home road split, but hey, it is what it is. I'm not going to complain about a 59-25 to 25 victory over the Baylor Bears. And weirdly enough, there are people who are. <laughs> there, there are a lot of folks who, who, who uh, are complaining about it. Couldn't be me, uh, but I'm pumped about it. Uh, before we get into the football game, another shout out to the volleyball team. Uh, swept the number three team in the country, the Texas Longhorns. They're trying their damnedest to get into the NCAA tournament with some massive ranked wins, massive sweeps all at home. Uh, it's tough. It is tough to come to Manhattan, Kansas, and get a win. K State fans are rabid, K State fans are rowdy. And if you give them a product to support, they're going to give you one of the best home field advantages in the country. Um, all right, let's talk about it. Ab- great pregame atmosphere. Um, Fort Riley Day is always fun. The 100-yard flag, a great uh, flyover, some great pictures from above of the flyover, a sellout crowd, 51,790, Michael Bishop in the house getting his plaque uh, and, and certificate for the Hall of Fame. He'll be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in December. Um Honestly, it it surpassed what I expected. I thought the crowd was going to be a little subdued. Uh, It it was a little drizzly um, coming off that Texas game. Morale was not very high. Folks, I mean, I I was surprised. The students were a little late arriving. There are a couple pockets in the stadium that were late arriving, but... Guys, by kickoff, it was a packed house, and I did not think it was going to be like that. And I didn't think the crowd was going to be rowdy into the game to the extent that they were. Was it an all-time type game? No, no, of course not. Um, But but it was better than I expected. Uh, And I I was very happy about that. Um, Of course, you know, another blowout, another early exit, that's fine. Again, I'm not going to harp on uh, anyone who, who didn't stick around for that second half. Uh, not going to harp on folks who went out, you know, to go to their car, come back in, miss part of the third quarter. I'm not. This is not the game I'm going to get on them. Um, I saw some pictures of the line to get up to all the different beer gardens at halftime, uh, folks. Uh, Gene Taylor, I don't think you're probably listening to this one. I think you're pretty busy with college football playoff and running a highly successful uh, athletic department. But it's time. It is time. It is time. It is time, it is time to end. Uh, re-entry, and, and this isn't me shaming people for that game, no But the lines to get up there, uh, it needs to be a general concession item Beer, wine, uh, they have some mixed drinks, at least at basketball game as well Canned mixed drinks, needs to happen Uh, not gonna harp on it though a Fun night, it's always a fun time out at Bill Snyder Family Stadium Uh, And I'm sad. We got one more left. We got one more left here in a couple weeks. We got Farmageddon and Senior Night. Uh, Always an emotional night for me. Um, But folks, I I, I can't wait for it. Pretty important game out in Lawrence beforehand, Uh, but we're going to worry about that starting on Wednesday. Uh, Right now, we're going to talk about K-State Baylor. Before we do, shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. I was able to stop in, have a couple pints of Tang Party before the basketball game, the home opener versus Bellarmine uh, on Friday. I don't, as you guys are listening to this on Monday, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it up for the game versus South Dakota State. Uh, But if I do, I'm going to stop in Manhattan Brewing Company beforehand. Again, make that part of your pre-game routine as you make the pilgrimage to Manhattan for the basketball season. Always grab a couple four-packs and crawlers to go after you responsibly have a couple pints before you go to Bramwich Coliseum. Shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. They've been rocking with us well over a year now. They help make this podcast happen. So if you love me, you love them. Take a picture of the Bosco's Boys stickers inside Manhattan Brewing Company. Tweet us proof, and we might just send you some stickers of yourself. All right, 59-25. Another late touchdown by the opponent. Going hard against our third string, but what you going to do about it? Uh, They they put up some... effort to try to prevent it but hey it is what it is could have been a 40 point game we're gonna have to sell with 34 points again it was an ass kicking it was absolute ass kicking I was a little surprised by K-State fans I, I think there's a you know I I don't know maybe, maybe it's just kind of uh carry from disappointment from frustration from last week versus Texas but I was surprised there, there was a little bit of melting down at different points in the game happening uh you know, some folks, uh, kind of thrown a little bit of shade at Colin Klein, uh, a little bit of frustration, uh, with Chris Kleiman. Again, look, it's not great to be surprised by an onside kick. It's not great to be surprised by trick plays. Yeah, there were like, what, three punts, maybe, uh, I think we maybe turned it over on downs a couple times in garbage time. Uh, I could. Ne- I, I. I'm shocked. I'm shocked by it. Um, people melting down over special teams. Fo- folks, look. If 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 your thing is to freak out over a 34 point victory over Baylor, Baylor's not good. I'm not going to sit here and try to say Baylor's good. But if you're freaking out about that, you know, I couldn't be me. I, I've spazzed out about a lot of stupid stuff, but I could never. Never meltdown or have any sort of visceral reaction that we kind of saw. Especially going into half. What was it? 35, uh, what? 18? 35, 19? I don't even remember what the score was going at half. 35, 13? And people were spazzing out like crazy? Like, Give me a break, guys. Come on. Have a little composure. That was bad. Um, covered the closing number. It closed at 20 and a, uh, 20 and a half points. Uh, we beat the over by ourselves at 55.5. K-State continues to be a covering machine at home. Smashing that number. Um, I don't think they've covered on the road, though. Yeah, I don't think they've... Uh, no, they covered versus Texas. They covered versus Texas. Um, back in business also, guys, folks. <laughs> back in business when it comes to the Big 12 championship game. Um, it's crazy. It's wild. I'm going to try to explain this the best I can. So K-State is going to make it to Arlington if K-State, if we win out and we create a multi-team tie with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas, and KU beats Cincinnati. I know it's crazy to think about. uh, It kind of makes my brain to hurt. But because of round-robin scheduling not being a thing, if we are in a multi-team tie including Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and or Texas. That's the key. If it's a three- or four-way tie with those teams, we are going to make it to Arlington, assuming KU beats Cincinnati, or I think if Iowa State beats Texas, it doesn't matter. Uh, Just because of how all the weird tiebreakers work, because round-robin isn't a thing, there is not going to be a common set between those three or four teams. So you can't do record versus those teams. So it then has to go to record versus highest common opponent. And as long as KU beats Cincinnati to create a nice little uh, tie with Iowa State, or if Iowa State beats Texas, we are going to be in, folks. I know it's kind of wild. I'm not explaining it well, but trust me. We can get to Arlington if we went out and get a little bit of help. I know it seems kind of super complicated, but cheer for Oklahoma State. Cheer for Oklahoma. Cheer for KU to beat Cincinnati. And cheer for Iowa State to upset Texas. Uh, with Oklahoma State dropping that game to UCF, coming back to the pack, and Iowa State taking care of BYU, that opens up our Black Magic back doorway into Arlington uh, that I had completely given up on But thank you UCF I know it seems crazy I promise you it's real um, Just be on the lookout There's The tiebreakers are all over social media On message boards and stuff But look if, if it's chalk from here on out If every team in the Big 12 Who is favored to win from here on out We will be back in Arlington That is a 100% accurate statement So buckle up, folks. It's going to be a wild two weeks. And you're having to cheer for your rivals uh, to win as long as we're not playing them. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. Uh, K-State total yards, 451 to Baylor's 332. K-State 71 plays to Baylor's 82. Time of possession, K-State 28 to Baylor's 32. Here's the big one. K-State zero turnovers, Baylor 4. K-State penalties, 5-for-42, Baylor 4-for-45, four, four, 4-for-45. Four uh, third down efficiency, not great for K-State, 4-of-12 on third down, but 2-of-3 on fourth down. Baylor, 4-of-17 on third down, 4-of-8 four on fourth down. Look, when you look at just the macro stats, uh, if, if you were to present all those stats except for the turnovers, you probably would not have thought this was a blowout. K-State was boosted big time by the turnovers. Two were defensive touchdowns. One, we had the ball inside the five. Then we did score on a shorter field in garbage time on that fourth turnover. I think when you see Parker Fleming's uh, did we really get beat that bad? Graphic coming out uh, here, uh, whether it's today or tomorrow. If you're a Twitter user, uh, which shows the net success rate, I think folks will be a little surprised that it doesn't seem like a bigger blowout for K-State on that. Uh, but look, I, I I'm not going to apologize for it. This was an ass kicking, and I'm not I'm 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 just not going to worry about it. Uh, we'll talk about kind of the idea about turnover luck a little bit later and we'll talk a little bit about the uh offense because i think some detractors from this game are going to try to pick apart especially those in crimson and blue are going to try to pick apart this game to make themselves feel confident to make themselves feel good going into saturday um but i'm i'm going to i'm going to talk about both those things uh, so don't worry about it we're going to get into it um but yeah, let's get to offense, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a second. Before we do our offensive game of the or offensive side of the game, uh sponsor is Charlie Hustle again. What I'm most proud about with Bosco's Boys is having these two great local long term partners, and Charlie Hustle cares about being part of the Kansas City community. They care about being part of the K-State community. That's why they're working with the K-State athletes to get them NIL deals in their own merch. That's why they're working with the university and K-State fans to come out with merchandise we all like. They're not some company that doesn't give a rat's ass about any of you guys. They care about the community. They're based right here in Kansas City. They have a lot of fun uh, philanthropy events. They have a lot of fun fundraising that goes on on their uh, website as well, buying shirts that help certain causes. So not only are you buying the best-looking, officially licensed K-State apparel? But sometimes you're buying stuff that helps out the K-State athletes because it's a Wildcat NIL shirt. Sometimes it's Shop for a Cause, it's Communities. Uh, here in the Kansas City community, you're buying a shirt that's helping out charitable organizations in this region. Folks, check out charliehustle.com. Buy at least one person this holiday season, uh, this birthday season, a gift from Charlie Hustle. I promise, they're going to love it. And it's a company that really cares about K-State, K-State fans, and the Kansas City region. And also, look, I'm buying like 25 of those Big 12 uh, t-shirts with the Kansas City skyline in them. So if you want one, you better buy one before I buy them all up. The offense, and the first thing I just want to get ahead of, because again, I think a lot of folks, people are going to detract, even some K-State fans are like, huh oh, we really weren't that great. I mean, look at the short fields, look at the points off turnip, blah, 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 blah. The offense had three touchdown drives. The first one of 81 yards, second one of 56 yards, and then 78 yards all in the first quarter. They did enough in that time frame to prove they would have dominated this game no matter what hand of cards they were dealt. The Stars also had a 62 yard drive for a field goal and 73 yards for another touchdown. So even if you pull out the short field, even if you pull out the defensive touchdowns, even if you pull out All the points off turnovers. This offense was going to put up a big number. This offense was going to score big time and kick Baylor's ass. There was nothing this Baylor team was going to do to set themselves up to win this game. There was no world... There was no scenario in the world where Saturday's game was going to be a Baylor win with the way this offense was clicking. So don't fall into the trap. Do not allow any of the haters and losers, of which there are many, to try to take away what this offense was able to do. Don't fall into the trap. This offense was rocking and rolling. Now we finally got that 50-burger. Is Colin Klein going to puff his chest out because of all the help on special teams and defense with that? I don't know. You know, if you want to rib Colin Klein, if you're one of the coaches, you know, if you're a defensive coach at K State and you're listening to this, I know there's a couple of you. Uh, keep the outside noise out, though. Uh, you might want, you, you could rib him about that if he finally talks about getting a 50 burger. You, you can be playful about it. Uh, but ultimately, look, the offense was going to do whatever it needed to to win. There's nothing in the world Baylor was going to do to stop that. Let's get to quarterbacks. Let's talk about. The man of the hour, the record breaker, Will Howard. Another near-perfect game, Uh, and again, he's been nailed since the Texas Tech game. Again, we all remember, we know what happened versus Oklahoma State. That was bad. That was very bad. Uh, you You can point to that loss, and you can put a lot of blame on the shoulders of Will Howard. And he wasn't great versus Texas Tech. You needed Avery to jumpstart the team uh, to make sure you got out of Lubbock with a win. But since that game, he has been nails. He has been the Will Howard of last year. It's the Will Howard that we expected. The guy that we put these lofty expectations on. He has been that guy. Uh, on Saturday, 19 of 29 for 20 or 235 passing yards, good for 8.1 yards in attempt, and three touchdowns. He tied the record for most three touchdown games in a season and is setting a new career passing touchdowns record. And again, he has the single game record back in his eyesight, something that he can accomplish. Again, I came on this show uh after the texas tech game i declared it all right you know thank you will howard for everything uh you're always going to be a big 12 champion you're going to be a cult leader but it's time to move on to avery johnson i was wrong i'm going to probably have to say that almost every game review episode from here on out And again i think avery is going to be the real deal i think we're going to have at least two probably just two really big seasons from avery um in 24 and 25, I think he's going to be electric, and I, I think that is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and, and I don't think we should close the door and say, "Hey, there's there, just keep Avery." on I think there should be some specific game situations in which you should look to bring Avery in. But here's the thing: Will Howard is a record breaker. Will Howard is someone who is going to go down in the record books. Is he an all-time legend? Is he a Mount Rushmore type? Is he a Ring of Honor type? I think he's short of that. I do. But look, records are meant to be broken. I kind of roll my eye at how low that career passing touchdown record is. But who fucking cares? Sorry, Mom. Again, 2024, we're getting rid of the F word. Um, But who cares? You know, Josh Freeman had it. Um, And again, I I, I think there are a lot of reasons why Josh Freeman isn't held up as one of uh, the best throwers of the football for K-State. Uh, I get why some folks have that animosity, but hey, I I think it's probably good that a Big 12 champion holds that record. And some folks are going to say, hey, it's a bit of a career achievement record, all this type of stuff. Look, he's averaging, I believe, close to 2.1 touchdowns a game in his junior and senior year, so in 2022 and 2023. And that is amongst the all-time best. Uh, heck, it might be the best uh, number when comparing it to some of these other guys who, again, uh, were playing two years. In the case of uh, Michael Bishop and Jake Waters, uh, J- uh, Josh Freeman only there for three years, splitting time his freshman year as well. Look, he's not going to be an NFL draft pick. I, you know, where does he land amongst the all-time greats? You know, that that's going to have to be a conversation for other people on other days. But he's he's a record breaker. He's an all time leading uh, touchdown uh, passer, and he's going to go after that single season record. I'm proud of Will Howard. I'm very glad he stuck around through all the adversity. And now, against all odds, as K-State fans, myself included, were calling for him to be benched, set off to the side, and only break uh, glass in case of emergency, now is on the verge of possibly getting us back to Arlington in back-to-back seasons. Uh, You can't say enough about Will Howard. Absolute gladiator out there. And I'm happy to see the joy back on his face. Because, look, even though I was calling for it and and I was proven wrong, it just hurt my soul to see uh, how frustrated and how mad and upset he was in the media during those four weeks where he was splitting a lot of time with Avery. So uh, I'm happy for him. And I'm, I'm happy he's finding this... Form Because we're going to need it. We are going to need it to win these next two games and hypothetically win a game in Arlington or win a big-time bowl game to try to get to that 10-win mark, top 20-type season. Uh, So we're going to need Will Howard, or as all his teammates seemingly call him, Howie. uh, So we're going to need that from Will Howard. And again, since the uh, Texas Tech game, and heck, even since the Oklahoma State game, this I mean, it doesn't change anything. He didn't have a touchdown or an interception versus Texas Tech. But since the Oklahoma State game, 12 passing touchdowns, one interception. Of course, that one interception uh, wasn't his fault. It was a perfectly thrown ball to Keegan Johnson, uh, which led to that interception. But hey, it is what it is. Also had a rushing touchdown. Uh, I'm not, I am not. I'm not, <laughs> not going to go down the dark road of throwing my hands up and asking, okay, where was that last week? Uh, you know, just the... Line up under center and have Christian Moore push him, you know, into the end zone. But, uh, hey, it's a rushing touchdown. Uh, Avery was able to get out there uh, behind the second and third string offensive line. Uh, 2 of 5 on passing plays for 33 yards and a touchdown. At least one of those passes, Anthony Free is my man. Because that's become a little staple. Flare out the running back on a wheel route. Uh, it was there. It was going to be a big gain. Uh, but is just kind of didn't turn around. Uh, Just let the ball hit him in the 2-6 So it could have been a little bit better for Avery uh, Out there Uh, But it was great to see him and Oakley connect on a touchdown That's not going to be the last time those two link up for a touchdown I think Oakley's the real deal And I know Avery Johnson is the real deal So it was fun to see that uh, connection I think that's the first time those two have made the connection Moving into the offensive line Again, I think uh, another solid game from the big boys up front Uh, When you remove the one sack, uh, you know, yardage, uh, you had over five yards uh, statistical carry uh, ushered to DJ Giddens to 6.5 yards a carry, surrendered just one sack and one other tackle for a loss. Again, they're finding their groove and they're continuing to impress and, uh, you know, especially when they're able to get out there, pull. Uh, they're pancaking secondary guys and linebackers seemingly every game. And, and it's truly like watching a ballet of 300-pound dudes out there. Uh, and and you'd love to see it. Also love to see that the second-string guys get 10 to 15 reps together. Uh, Riley Connor Riley has found a way to get this group peaking at the same time. I am hoping that next year they fit. Well, actually, next year is not going to be the year. But I hope at some point with a veteran offensive line that we all know can be elite, Uh, Connor Riley doesn't wait, you know, five, six weeks to get them up to that level. But look, if you're going to peak, now's the time to do it. Peak hard at the end of the season. Uh, And and again, you would have liked to see it uh, the entire way. But again, they're looking great out there and uh, just fun to see. Again, you have some like all time great stories, and uh, you know when it comes to like KT Love and everything he went through during his time at K State. Hayden Gillum, again, I've been tough on him, but again, he's great when he's able to get out there and pull. But you know, he is a Kansas kid who walked on. Uh, you have on the right side of the line uh, between Panzer, Duffy, uh, Poitier, and Willis, four good guys who are finding their groove, battling out there, trying to be the best offensive lineman you have. And then, of course, Cooper Beebe, who, you know, he should win, you know, the Offensive Lineman of the Year. He should win the Interior. He should win all the awards. Cooper Beebe is the greatest offensive lineman to ever play for K-State. Again, I think there's offensive linemen who deserve to be up on the Ring of Honor. Hell, there's linemen. There's not even defensive linemen up on the Ring of Honor. Some big guys deserve to go up on that Ring of Honor. But, folks, look, I think... Cooper Beebe should be the first one to go up there. Now, uh, if you know, if the committee deems some other folks, uh, you know, to go up there here in a year or two, the next time they add folks to the Ring of Honor, that's fine. But Cooper Beebe, what eight years from now? I I, I think that's how long Tyler Lockett waited. Uh, four to eight years from now, Cooper Beebe should be up on the Ring of Honor. He's the real deal. He is the real deal, folks. Uh, and hell, shout out to him playing defensive tackle in the uh, you know down on the goal line because Damian Alalio missed uh, you know this game as well. Cooper Beebe playing back to back. Look, I have a Heisman vote. I am one hundred percent tempted to put Cooper Beebe on my Heisman ballot, uh, whether second or third. I don't think I can get away putting him number one. I think that would be too too much of a homer of me. But I, I think that you could legitimately say, if you think he's the best interior offensive line, heck, the best offensive lineman in the nation, and he's stepping up on special teams on pump protect. When he's playing you know, back-to-back games, goal-line defense. Look, I mean, I don't think that's crazy. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm just being a homer. But Cooper Beebe is the real deal. Tight ends and fullbacks, Ben Sennett, another big game. 68 yards on three catches and a touchdown. Uh, Him and Cooper Beebe accepted invitations to go to the Senior Bowl. Again, uh, if Ben Sennett can impress at the Senior Bowl, we're we're talking maybe second-round draft pick for this guy. If he has a big week down in Mobile, Alabama here in a bit. Um, I was so happy to see him out there making big plays. Him and Will Howard are on the same page. Those two, on that touchdown, they were just playing backyard football. They knew when to break off the route, when to sit down, and Will Howard found them. Absolutely loved what we saw from Ben Sennett. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called the, the, Deal. Deal. the Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Red shirt freshman Garrett Oakley, folks. I, I mean, th- this is about to be hyperbole station. This is about to be, uh, you guys are going to be like, Scott, what the hell are you talking about, bro? Um, I think he could be better than Ben Sennett. Um, I'm not talking about necessarily maybe NFL pedigree or where he gets drafted because, again, I, I just said, hey, if Ben Sennett has a big senior bowl down Mobile, Alabama, he could maybe be a second-round draft pick. But Garrett Oakley is a, is a different level of athlete. Uh, when, I, when I watch Ben Sennett run, he still kind of you know, is a little bit – full-backy, H backy, H-backy, you know, he he might be kind of pigeonhole. I, I don't. I think I don't I think he's more dynamic than Kyle Usechek, you know, at San Francisco, which some folks are trying to compare him to. Um, I I think he can be a legitimate tight end in in the NFL. But Garrett Oakley is the type of guy that has the athletic ability that he could be a first round type tight end. He has a little bit more height. If he can build a little bit more muscle, keep that speed, Um, I I legitimately think he could be a first-round tight end type of guy. And you could just see it when he caught the ball on that touchdown and how he just got upfield and just strided, just strode whatever whatever the past tense of stride is. He just took these big old strides and, and scored a touchdown. And I, I think he's the real deal. And he's just a redshirt freshman. He's looking like that out there. Shout out to Wyatt Thompson, who I believe kind of uh, circled. Not kind of. He did circle Garrett Oakley back during Blitz Month before he did uh, get banged up in the final weeks of camp uh, saying, hey, he's a young guy to keep an eye on. Uh, as a redshirt freshman looking like that, uh, folks, he is he's going to be dangerous. And again, you have guys like Will Anseo also on the team. You're targeting a ton of great Kansas tight ends in uh, 2025. You look at what Briley Moore and Daniel Bebe and Sammy Wheeler, seeing what these guys were able to do in this offense. Now we're seeing what Ben Sennett can do in this offense. Uh, if you're a big-time tight end, I really think you need to be looking at K-State because If you can play ball, uh, the Colin Klein offense is going to get you in the end zone. It is going to get you passes. It is going to get you yards. Uh, This is the perfect offense to showcase tight ends. So I think Garrett Oakley could be the next great tight end. And folks, Ben Sennett might be the best tight end we've ever had. Again, some other guys might have some different arguments. And, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, friend of the show, multi time guest, Travis Tannehill is probably wishing that he got to play an offense like this instead of what he had to with Bill Snyder. Because, again, very talented tight end in his own right. But, folks, I, I legitimately think, and, and honestly, I don't even know if it's close. I think Ben Senn's the greatest tight end we've ever had, but look out. Garrett Oakley might take that mantle away from him here in just two, three years. Uh, because that kid is the real deal. Uh, final, the, the lone remaining fullback on the team, Christian Moore. He was able to get in for two yards on his first ever touchdown. Uh, so he was the recipient of Will Howard's record-breaking pass. Again, I wish that was Jack Stineen. Uh Shout out to the Seawolf. Even though I got bullied more than anything I've ever been bullied for in my life Trying to make that nickname a thing But shout out to Christian Moore uh, And hey, and give him the assist on the Will Howard touchdown as well Uh, Again, fullback's a dying breed I I think we're going to see uh, just having our tight ends get down on a three-point stance And do that job when needed Uh, But I'm glad he got in there Always glad to see a fullback get into the end zone Let's talk about the running backs Uh, DJ Giddens, folks He's the real deal 115 yards rushing, long of 35 on 18 carries, two receptions for 19 yards including an 18 yard touchdown play, uh, what, over 130 yards from scrimmage on the season, 859 yards rushing, seven touchdowns and 282 yards receiving with two touchdowns. Looks like as long as nothing crazy happens he's going to get beyond 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns which was like my baseline goal, kind of had a stretch goal of 1,500 yards from scrimmage. Uh, If you get four games, even if just three, uh, that stretch goal is in play. The cuts he's able to make, the way he's able to get extra yards after contact. There are a couple times where he was hit and you're like, oh man, that might be a loss or nothing. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, that was four yards. He is the prototypical running back that you want. Now, is he, you know, does he have Olympic sprinter speed? No. But but again, it's not like Deuce Vaughn. I mean, Deuce Vaughn got caught from behind a handful of times. And we're seeing that DJ Giddens is able to keep that gaudy yards per, per rush uh, stat. He was at 5.8 last year. He's sustaining at over six yards a carry this year. Guys, I, I think we're probably. Not talking enough about how good DJ Giddens is And I think it, it's it's kind of tough um, You know, in the Big 12 Because again, weirdly enough The Big 12 has become a running back league You know, again, just down the road A guy we're going to have to contain here uh, On Saturday Devin Neal just passed Gail Sayers You know, you have Brooks at Texas And I think Brooks at uh, Texas Tech as well Two really good running backs. Again, if DJ Giddens doesn't make an all-Big 12 team, which I think he could make arguments for that he could be you know, one of the first team backs, I definitely think he deserves at worst to be a second team back. But even if he doesn't, this guy has had a season we're not talking enough about. Uh, and, and again, I, I think it's blinded by uh, all the conversations we've had around Will Howard Avery Johnson. Um, around Ben Sennett who, Who's going off to the senior bowl Is going to be an NFL draft And again kind of getting clouded In the world of the Big 12 Because of how many great running backs there are uh, DJ Giddens has been the real deal And he's even surpassed You know the highest expectations That me uh, and many other folks who, who are some of his biggest cheerleaders have had uh, He had another great game And again the way he just sticks Cuts and goes uh, he, He's the real deal he he is the real deal. He will be an NFL running back, and again he he's a sophomore. We have him for at least one more year. Uh, I'm hoping he goes you know the full distance. I hope we have two more years after him because again he could put up uh, uh, so again. I don't think he's going to be catching you know Deuce Vaughn out because the usage isn't gonna, going to be there for good reason. Uh, I don't I don't think we ever want to be using someone as much as we use Deuce Vaughn. That was dangerous. Uh, you know, and sometimes you know, just kind of lacked safety. Um, but I, I think he could go down amongst you know, you know, a top five to ten running back in school history if, if he's able to stay the next two years. That might be a little much. I might be putting a little bit more on his plate uh, than I should. But folks, DJ Giddens just had just another great game, and he's just having a great season. TreShaun Ward, he got into the end zone ten carries for forty four yards, and he continues. Uh, to make plays, you know, even when DJ has the hot hand. He's able to get in the end zone. He had a nice nine-yard rush. He had a couple good kick returns as well. He's at 532 rushing yards and 116 yards receiving. He'd have to have, you know, a big-time kind of run this season uh, to get uh, up over a thousand yards from scrimmage. Because uh, if you guys go back to the Blitzmouth, I was like, man, both these guys could maybe get... You know, over a thousand yards from the scrimmage. Uh, it, it might be tough, but he's proven to be one of one of the perfect backs to pair with DJ. And that was a massive, massive, massive pickup in the transfer portal. So you can put some of that on Trayshawn Ward. You can put, uh, you know, those carries and feel confident in it. Because again, DJ stats would probably look, you know, the total stats would probably look a lot better if you didn't win Trayshawn Portal. Or Tr- Trayshawn Ward in the, in the transfer portal, but his yards per touch is going to go down. He's not going to be fresh. He's not going to be a menace to society late g- late in the season. I mean, could you imagine? You know the the thoughts that are going to be going through KU and Iowa State's heads as they're trying to tackle DJ uh, these next two games here. At, you know, in mid to late November. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. So having those two together, and again, they proved it. You know, uh, forty four yards. Oh, uh, Trayshawn. 115, uh, uh, so over 150 yards uh, rushing between the two of them. Uh, and, and like I said, in the passing game, uh, DJ tacks on another touchdown on a big play. And again, that's a spicy little play. DJ Giddens on that wheel route out of, out of the uh, backfield, that is a spicy little play. And you just love to see it. So uh, shout out to both those guys. Very good game. Moving to the wideouts, lots of guys catching passes. Philly Brooks led the team with five receptions, 41 yards. And he's become, you know, the security blanket for Will Howard. He's the guy they target early in the game to get things going. When you need a third down pickup, that's the type of guy he's looking for. And and, and Phillip Brooks went viral on K-State Twitter amongst, you know, these sickos on the internet of I'm among. Um... And he kind of got caught, you know, not running out routes and, and missing a couple big-time blocks. And and Phillip Brooks took some heat from it, from myself included. Uh, but since really the Oklahoma State game, since the Texas Tech game, he's had a very good run-in on the back end of his season. Had a massive game versus Texas, obviously overshadowed by the loss, but another solid game uh, versus the Baylor Bears. And, and again, he has... Well, we got two regular season games plus at least one postseason game for Phillip Brooks before his career comes to an end. He's climbing in the ranks of, you know, receptions, uh, yardage, and touchdowns. So he's going to end up, he's going to be one of those sneaky guys when you're when you're flipping through the media guy and you're like, man, you know, Phillip Brooks, he, you know, he, he, he put in work. Now he gets the bonus here, the others didn't. I get it, I get it. But again, I, I'm very pleased with how Phillip Brooks is kind of Answered the challenge, answered the bell uh, towards the back end of this season for his final year in purple. Jaden Jackson had a big 40 yard play, perfectly drawn up against the uh, backside blitz by Baylor. You had two guys coming off the edge corner and a linebacker. Jaden Jackson leaks out. Will Howard gets the ball to him 40 yards. It was good to see him make another big play. Second leading receiver of 53 yards on two catches. Was absolutely robbed by the referees on what was a touchdown. In the stadium, I was like, I don't know. I'm shocked, just shocked and disgusted that they didn't review that play. I think it should have been a touchdown. When I watched the TV broadcast back, uh, they agree with me. They agree with me. So, Jaden, I'm sorry you didn't get that touchdown. You deserved it. Keegan Johnson, three catches for 31 yards. It was good to see him uh, be productive in back-to-back games. And you can see what makes him such a hyped guy. You can see, excuse me, why folks were so excited for him. Out of his breaks, when he's getting the ball and the cuts that he's able to make, he's the real deal. And and I'm glad he was productive the week after his big game versus Texas. Now, um... you know, outside of the interception I mean that, that was just a perfect game that he played versus Texas especially uh, you know in, in that second half uh, part of the comeback and, and I think he kind of got things going a little bit in the first uh, in, in the second quarter as well but I'm glad to see him not go over uh, to see him regress or anything like that he's gonna be a big part of the team next year one grab each from Jace Brown and RJ Garcia and then the final note on the wide receivers. Uh, And the offense as well Seth Porter uh, Again uh, Not on the stat sheet But he ran from Across the field Dead sprint To make sure He got a body on The safety from Baylor To make sure Garrett Oakley Got into the end zone On that play That guy's giving his all Just doing the Dirty Gritty work From the opening kickoff All the way To the end of the game As he's in with the backups To go up 40 On Baylor So I just wanted to make sure that I gave some love to Seth Porter. All right, let's talk about the defense. And, of course, that is sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. If you want to crush, absolutely crush some beers like the K-State defense has been crushing teams inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Do so responsibly, but do it at Manhattan Brewing Company. They always have fun seasonal beers. They have their flagship beers like the Towny Wheat and Tasty IPA. The vibes are always at 11 inside the tap room. And say it with me, grab a couple four-packs, grab a couple crowlers every time you go. Also, talk to your local liquor stores. You want to make sure... That they are carrying some four packs as well. Because you know what? Sometimes you, you aren't lucky enough to be in the happiest place in America. But you should tell your local liquor store they should be carrying the beer. Be nice about it. We've heard so many success stories. Uh, but make it happen. Alright, defense. Joe Klanderman continues to be an elite elite coach. He's elite at his job. The first drive was a little concerning. Um, but look, they turned it on afterwards. They were nails the rest of the way. And uh, kind of here, here's my rebuttal. So, you know, at the top of the show, I did my rebuttal to folks who were trying to uh, detract from the offense because of the short fields and all that type of stuff. And now there's going to be detractors saying, oh, you know, it, it's, it's turnover luck. There's so much luck to do with it. And honestly, I subscribe a little bit to the turnover luck. But when you look at the interceptions, we had like four or five different pass breakups in this game. When you look at the way they swarm the ball carriers and the way they hit and the way they're always going after the ball, look, I I think it really was more bad luck that they had, didn't have as many turnovers earlier in the season. So am I putting on my purple shaded glasses? Probably. But I think this defense earned those turnovers. And again, when you look at the positions they put themselves in, especially jumping these routes, it was only a matter of time before we got a pick six. And again. They've swarmed the ball, and there's been three or four times, folks, that we had folks, or the, had people just fall on the ball and stuff, scooping and scoring. So it was about time Desmond Purnell scooped it and scored that as well. So, look, folks are going to try to detract from that, and again, I understand it. I think there is an element of luck, but this team has been putting themselves in position to make these plays. I'm just glad they finally did. Speaking of finally did, Cody Stufflebean. How about this young man from McPherson, Kansas? I've been saying all year he's a Big 12 caliber player. And, and raving about how lucky we are to have him as one of these guys That we have on the two line That we use him as a rotational piece uh, Absolutely cooked the Baylor defensive line Had three tackles, two of them being sacks One of them being the forced fumble that led to the Desmond Pernell touchdown Such a big game Love seeing it from the local Kansas kids Again, Kansas kid setting up another Kansas kid for a touchdown We'll talk about the other Kansas kid, Keenan Garber, later Again just over the top happy for this guy. First sacks on the season. Celebrating with the guys. You can see how close these these uh, players are. Um, big game for Cody Stuffelby. And Look, I, I'm expecting at least one or two more sacks for the balance of the year. Some more quarterback pressures. He has it in him. And assuming he's back next year, I don't I don't know why he wouldn't be. He might have to step up and, and play some more snaps and be a big time player. And again, I, I love it. We now have... I believe four or five defensive linemen on this team who have had multi sack games. Folks, you know, shout out to Buddy Wyatt, man. Shout out to Buddy Wyatt getting these guys going. Um, Uso credited with one tackle, but him and Javon Banks were in the backfield the entire game. Again, Uso's a space eater. He's pushing the center and guard back in the backfield the entire game, allowing these defensive ends have one-on-ones, allowing these linebackers to step up and make big plays in the running game. Uso and Javon Banks are so underrated, underappreciated, because they're not filling up the stat sheets. I challenge you guys, when you re-watch games, key in on Uso especially and see him winning the line of scrimmage like he is. Also, Javon Banks picked up that final forced fumble, so shout-out to him. Brendan Mott was credited with half a tackle for a loss and three tackles as well. Uh, Again, it was just a dominating game for the defensive lineman versus the Baylor offensive line. Unfortunately, uh, Khalid Duke uh, tossed from the game in the second quarter, early second quarter, uh, throwing punches. The Baylor player punched first. Shout out to Duke, I guess. I mean, don't don't punch, but if you're going to, get the guy's helmet off and punch that. So, um, again... Not what you want. I don't think he's going to be suspended. I know folks are like spazzing out about that. I don't think he's getting suspended. I I think he's going to, as long as Chris Kleiman uh, doesn't decide to hold him out, I believe he's going to play versus KU. Um, You don't love seeing that, uh, but at least ingenuity for getting the guy's helmet off. I shouldn't be defending that. If we have young boneheads, violence is not the answer. Um, Linebackers, we're going to start with the bad news, the upsetting news, the sad news. Jake Clifton left the game in the second quarter with, I I think, what the very next player, the play before the Khalid Duke uh, incident, um, with an apparent knee injury. I mean, it didn't look good, um, but as of recording, uh, late uh, Sunday afternoon or early evening, depending on when your mark of, uh, you know, when the mark of when it goes from afternoon to evening, whatever. Uh, Have not heard anything on the severity. Uh, he did bring some hits early on, made an absolute m- just slobber knocker of a hit uh, of a- on the wide receiver, uh, tipped ball across the middle, just knocked the guy out. So I uh, would love to have him back uh, for the KU game, the Iowa State game, hoping it's nothing long-term. I'm a little worried. Um, we'll probably hear something on Tuesday from Chris Kleiman. Um, So we'll probably touch on that on Wednesday's episode. Topeka Cat, Desmond Purnell. How about the kid from Hayden? Uh, Led the team with five tackles, had a tackle for a loss, and he got that scoop and score play. Might have been the loudest moment uh, in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Uh, Not this year, but definitely that game. Uh, Crowd went nuts when he picked that up, took it in. Um, And again, I think Chris Kleiman sometimes goes a little bit over the top. He's a man of hyperbole when he's hyping his guys up. Uh, which I am too. I mean, here I was on here talking about how I might truthfully give uh, one of my Heisman votes to Cooper Beebe earlier, um, but he is playing at an all-conference level. I I, I think Desmond Pernell does deserve all-conference honors for the way he's been playing down the back end of this season. Um, he's the real deal. I, I he was hyped up in the non or off season, and I think he's lived up to all that hype and more. Um, have been very pleased with Desmond Pernell. Uh, Austin Moore uh, had a tackle for a loss And four tackles If Clifton's going to be out next week He's going to have to pick up that mantle When it comes to calling the checks And the audibles Being the communicator on the field I think he's up for it Um, But it's going to be a big game Versus KU's rushing attack He's going to have to have another big game He played well uh, Filling in his run fit Playing in coverage And then just covering ground on Saturday He's still living up to that machine moniker So Uh, good on Austin Moore I I think he had another uh, superb game let's talk about Rex Van Wy. he is going to keep his red shirt and but he's going to be able to be unleashed for the balance of the season and I thought he looked good he had a tackle for a loss he was a hyped up junior college player that we won a recruiting battle for again he's going to get his red shirt and I thought he looked good Uh, I think if Clifton's going to be out uh Any amount of time, or even if he's back, uh, you probably can't have him go the distance. You might be seeing Rex Van Wy out there playing Mike alongside uh, Bo Palmer. And and again, with his first extended run of the season, especially with the uh, first-team defense, I thought Rex Van Wy looks very good. Uh, Tobio continues to be a menace in pass-rushing situations and in kickoff coverage. Uh, Was credited with a couple QB pressures. And two tackles, I believe both of those came on special teams. Again, I believe in Chris Kleiman and Joe Klanderman to find ways to get him on the field. He is too good of an athlete not to. I think he's only going to continue to improve. Uh, but I get giddy. I get excited when I see him come in on those you know third and long situations and he just gets to pin his ears back and go. Uh, secondary. Um, what do we got? So Jacob Parrish, he ended up with one tackle for a loss, four tackles. Uh, I think probably one of his better games playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, is he a perfect corner? No. I don't, I don't think any of the guys in the secondary are perfect by any means, but with his athleticism, with his flexibility to play on the inside uh, and, and shade to the inside or even play as a traditional nickel in si- certain situations, I think he's really coming to his own. He's had a good season. That was a good game versus Baylor. Uh, Marquis Siegel four tackles had two pass breakups you know both of them could have been interceptions he did grab an interception on the two-point conversion attempt I think he's going to grab an interception either versus KU or Iowa State and look out he might try to house it I I think he wants one bad uh, but he was flying around out there and again uh, ever since the Missouri game I do think he has been the best uh, safety and and maybe the best uh, secondary player that we've had uh, Chris, that's another guy on Chris Kleiman's All Big Twelve watch. I don't know if he'll get there, but I think he's played a pretty good uh, brand of football, and he's been playing safety very well. Um, VJ Payne four tackles, Kobe Savage two tackles. I think the safeties have found their roles. I you know it took them a little while, but they have been very good this entire season. I don't know what Kobe Savage's plans are for next season, whether he'll come back or not. But if these three guys come back intact in these same roles next year, watch out. The secondary is going to be dangerous. Will Lee, one tackle. But again, two pass breakups. Uh, One of them uh it was just a good play another one maybe could have gotten an interception again when people talk about turnover luck look the the secondary is in position where they could have gotten even more interceptions so I don't want to hear anything there uh the man of the hour Keenan Garber let's do the bad uh he completely whiffed and it led to a Baylor touchdown um I don't know what he was doing uh it was a bad play but the good the guy got an interception. He showed those Jets. He showed everything we knew he could. He jumped the route, made a perfect play. Again, the fact that this guy still were maybe at the year mark of when he started playing uh, in the secondary. Maybe at the year mark. I think we're right at the 365-day, the 52-week mark of this kid playing corner. and His instincts took over. Saw ball, got ball, scored ball. Turned on the Jets. Absolutely loved to see it. Also made a nice play on the fake field goal. Look, we got beat. Uh, You know, it was a slower tight end. It was a kicker trying to throw the pass. Uh, Baylor probably thinks, hey, we we should have had that one. But Keenan Garber, he was able to recover. He uh, was able to make a contested play on that and got the pass breakup on the fake field goal. So shout out to Keenan Garber. Uh, making some plays Jordan Wright had one pass breakup couple tackles in garbage time but had back-to-back penalties that helped lead to Baylor's final six points and then last secondary guy and last defensive guy we're going to talk about Colby McAllister made the most of his time four tackles one sack and uh you know he was in there I I mean he might have had the forced fumble on the final uh, turnover of the game uh, but he looked good in mop-up time. Again, I think he's going to be a good depth piece, or he might be the guy who steps up into Kobe Savage's position if uh, Kobe decides to take a stab at the NFL uh, in this offseason. So shout-out to Kobe McAllister. Um, let's get to the special teams. Kicking, uh, Tenet, perfect. Eight, uh, eight for eight on extra points. Uh, hit his field goal. Again, uh, that Texas uh, miss. I mean, what, he had one miss versus UCF and one versus Texas. I mean, 75 percent on field goals 92 percent um, at extra points uh, I, I think the, the, the guy has recovered I, I I'm very confident in Chris Tennant um, if I see him going out to kick a field goal I'm expecting it to be made I, I believe in Chris Tennant and I think he's turned it turned it on now one of the extra points did did ding off the inside of the the, the uprights uh, and he put it through. Uh, so, look, he's not perfect. Uh, but but I'm happy. I'm happy with how he's kicking uh, the ball. Uh, kickoff and punt coverage. Uh, kickoff coverage, they got 226-yard kickoff returns, a couple longer ones. Uh, they t- did take out eight kickoffs. So, hey, yeah, you're, you're bound to maybe break one or two. Um, they had a big punt return as well. Look, I, I, I want to see uh coverage it up i think it was an 80 yard punt return um he was tracked down they didn't go the distance but I, I yes i would like to see them uh you know strengthen up the coverage and you know at times and heck they made some good coverage plays um so i i'm not worrying about it i'm not spazzing out about it but you know it is what it is ward had a nice 38 yard uh return almost broke a couple kickoff returns i think that's a good spot for him we'll see if he can bust one uh, in the final two games Because I don't think we're going get to get a punt return um, Unless it's on a punt block And, and we're going to count that So the streak going all the way back to 2004 I don't know how long the streak goes back uh, But it is in danger uh, Pump block would have had another one uh, If Baylor had a clean sw- uh, snap, snap. We, we had that timed Played it perfectly Instead R.J. Garcia just hit stick The Baylor punter And Matthew M- Marshmire recovered the ball that was officially a fumble recovery. Uh, Bloomer, four punts, average of 47.3 yards, long of 49, so they're all in the, that range. Uh, again, I think he was a, good at punting. Uh, I'm not spazzing out about it. I'm not spazzing out about special teams. Tennant has been very good uh, since September. Bloomer and Platner made one mistake in their career. Again, both of these miss, misses by those guys um or by that trio came at horrible times last week uh, but i think the special teams is fine again everyone's spazzing out but when you look at the advanced metrics case it's still uh, above average in special teams and fbs football um i it, i don't think it's anywhere near worthy of melting down but look if, if you want to go ahead uh coverage needs to be better yes uh it seemed like an obvious fake field goal situation. They went for field goal block. Yeah, I get it. Um, but it's just not its just not enough for me to freak out about. I know a lot of you are. That's fine. You do you. Not going to be me. All right, let's uh, grade the four keys to V. The first one I had, start up fast, get up early, and get up big. Make this game resemble Houston and TCU, not UCF or Texas Tech. A+. Plus. What? It was 35 to 7, you know, 16 minutes into the game. That's the biggest A plus maybe ever. Reestablished the run. Got completely shut down versus Texas. It's time to get confidence back in the running game. That's an A, a singular A. Uh, I I think they they got it going. Um, What I say was over five yards uh, attempt when you get rid of the sack. That's an A. Not an A plus, but an A. Hit the Baylor quarterback. Make them see ghosts. I don't know if Shapen ever was seeing ghosts, but we're back there. We're hitting him a lot. I'm gonna give that a B plus. Then number four, be perfect in the kicking game. A plus ten or no? We're gonna go with an A. We're gonna go with an A because of the uh, the extra point that was a make that did touch the uh, upright. So that's just an A. All right, let's get to the game balls, and then we're gonna call it a day. Game balls sponsored by Charlie Hustle. Reward yourself. With some new, great-looking, officially licensed apparel from Charlie Hustle. Bonehead, game ball number one. Going to the record bracket himself, Willie Howard. Or Howie. Willie Howie Howard. I don't know. All his teammates seem to call him Howie. Look, another near-perfect game from Will Howard. Uh, living up to all the hype we had in the offseason these last few weeks. Um, I mean, look, could he be first team all-conference quarterback um if he has a big final two weeks maybe I think it's probably going to be Dylan Gabriel for the second straight year um but Will Howard's going to be in contention I think he's going to be the second team all-conference quarterback and if he gets that he deserves it I hope he gets it because that he does deserve it he's been nails ever since the Oklahoma State game so Will Howard gets game ball number one Bonehead at game ball number two going to Stufflebean. The Kansas kid himself, Cody Stufflebean. Uh, again, first two sacks of his season, Kansas kid, forced fumble, absolute menace. You love to see it. The Bonehead swagger sticker again going to the Kansas kid on defense. Keenan Garber swagging all the way into the end zone, throwing up the mob sign. Massive moment for Keenan Garber and also big pass breakup on that uh failed uh fake field goal for Baylor as well. So very deserved from Keenan Garber. My game ball is going to DJ the blue Jay Giddens. Uh look, he is I mean, he had another massive game. I I have a hard time considering anyone other than DJ over 130 yards from scrimmage back in the end zone. Um Also, picking up blitzes like a pro. Again, DJ's the real deal. Uh, Game ball number two, going to the Topeka Cat, Desmond Purnell. So, hey, keeping it with the Kansas kids. But, hey, Scoopin scored, leading the team in uh, tackles. That's his second touchdown, by the way. had one last year versus South Dakota on a blocked punt. Um. So I, I, it, you love to see it. Uh, tackling, again, he's living up to the hype. He, he should be an all-Big 12 type of guy as well. My swagger sticker going to Ben Senate Again, he, he went to bat for Will Howard in the postgame last week. Again, I, I don't think that was needed. I I didn't see a ton of folks going after Will Howard. And frankly, um, I, I, I haven't for a while. I, I think folks have fallen in line. I think folks realize, hey, uh, started off the season slow he I really didn't even start the season slow he he just had quite frankly maybe the worst game of his career at a really bad time um but he went to bat for his best friend, his roommate um last week he had a big game today. Those two are on point. He likes to mix it up a little bit, so Ben Sennett gets my swagger sticker. The Kevin McFarland Boomer Award from my dad going to Cooper Beebe playing both sides of the ball, being an All-American offensive lineman and getting some snaps down there in the trenches in the red zone on defense. So Cooper Beebe gets the Boomer Award. And Chauncey Boscos he's got that Doggin'em Award, is going to Marquis Siegel. Two pass breakups, four tackles. Uh, was able to grab that interception on the two-point conversion play. I think he's going to get a pick six before the season's done, and so does Chauncey. That's all we have. Longer and way better (laughs) than that Texas loss. Uh, So tune in. Uh, We'll have the Q&A tomorrow. We'll have the game preview on Wednesday. Got a couple messages from folks wanting to bring back the live show. So we might have the live show. We might have a hoops show on Thursday. Might try to combine the two. I'm not sure. Um, might we'll, we'll have some sort of whip around content for you guys on Friday as well. Um, so yeah, th- that's that's what we're doing. Oh man, this is fun. I waited. I waited until later in the day to do this one. So I mean, usually you know I'm, I knock these out before noon. Uh, I didn't. You know, it's five o'clock. So my Sunday is winding down. I hope you guys all had a great weekend. I hope you guys all have a great week. Let's have a good one. Sunflower Showdown week now. Let's get it. So for Chauncey, the best dog in the world, for the best fans in the world, K-State fans, my name's Scott McFarland. We love you guys, and go Cats. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on for cat growing strong, you can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State. Our pride is with the cats. Kansas State. Come on, join the cats. Podcast Network.